0: Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I'm joined by Matt Reiner. He is both a CFA and CFP and a partner of Capital Investment Advisors, a $2.8 billion RIA in Atlanta, Georgia. But that's not all. He's also the managing partner of Wella Strategies, an RIA that deals with the investment needs of the mass affluent. And after spending years as both a financial manager for individuals and helping to lead both of these RIAs, Matt founded Benjamin, an AI fintech company that serves the financial advisor industry. I have some great, and I have like a ton of great information about Matt because there really, there's no, there's plenty of great things to say about Matt all around. But why don't I let you tell? Why don't I let Matt speak for himself? Matt, tell us a little bit about what you got going on.
0: Olivia, thanks so much for that introduction and kind words. Uh, really happy to be here, and uh, you know we had a great conversation on our podcast, Bridging the Gap, and so it's just uh, awesome to be able to continue it. Um, you know, in the the background does does pretty good justice for for where I came from. I mean, I, I grew up in this industry of wealth management. I, I have a passion for it. With my personal mission being that I, I want to help. Uh, I believe that every human being in the United States should have access to a human financial advisor. Uh, I think it's really important uh, for that, and that just stems from where I grew up. I watched my dad build our our current advisory firm, which, listening to your introduction, times have have definitely evolved as we're now at about four and a half billion, which is crazy. It just keep uh, it's hard to keep my bio up to date um, on that side of it. But we've been just very fortunate. I watched him start that. You know, my brother joined the firm, I joined the firm and I had a passion of serving families and I loved it. I love to impact their lives in a positive way to help them reach their goals. Um, But there's also this entrepreneurship bug in us. And, you know, with our mission to help serve and help provide financial advice and wealth management to all individuals, we started well as strategies that serve the mass affluent. How do we leverage the insight and the information and the infrastructure we built at a larger firm to do that? Um, and then, you know, the entrepreneur bug hit me a little bit uh, back in 14 and 15 when we started um, our own wealth management company. Uh, as well or, or technology company I apologize with Benjamin and that was meant to solve some challenges that we had in our own firms I and mean, we had some challenges inside of you know prospecting for our massive fluent that we want to solve for that then evolved into how do we create efficiencies and capacity and I think that the the whole drive of what we built at Benjamin which now is known as a workflow automation engine is the idea of, How do we ensure that advisors get more time? Time is bound. And we've got to figure out how to let them have more time because if we want to serve everybody, not just the ultra high net worth or the high net worth, we've got to create time so that humans can serve humans. And it's not just technology. And technology should enable humans and not replace them. And um, and that's really been my journey. I've been I've been extremely lucky and fortunate to have really great, you know, mentors and relationships and and experiences. Um, but uh I, I always feel that, you know, we still have a lot more to go and a lot further to go. And, you know, it's just a passion that that I have and uh I'm I'm honored to be able to to be driving it
1: yeah i think that that's really the way that great companies are built right out of need and necessity so you are an advisor yourself and you saw that technology was not able to keep up and do its job which like you're mentioning is to let allow you to leverage your time in order to serve more people and i'm with you on this everybody needs a financial advisor boat I mean, before I was in the industry, I was skeptical. Money, not so great with it historically. Numbers terrify me. Show me a spreadsheet or a graph, and I would just want to run off into the other room. But I, when I started writing for this industry, obviously you learn all of the things that financial advisors do and the value that they add. And I don't think it was just a matter of drinking the Kool-Aid kind of thing. I mean, personally, my life changed. And so not not... It evolved for me from a way, not just a way to make money, but as a passion project kind of thing. Like I actually think the good that I do at connecting people with a financial advisor is worthwhile. So I think we're right in the same camp there on that. Um, I would love to talk more about your fintech company at some point, but today, what I really want to dive into is branding. And because you're a part of three businesses, I really think that you probably have a lot to say on this topic. Um, So when it comes to like a financial advisor, what do you think it means for a financial advisor to have a personal brand?
0: I think there's a few things, right? And something that you mentioned there a second ago is that I think that there's a stigma of our industry of, of who we are and and what we're about Uh, just because we deal with money. We, everybody thinks, you know, there's a stereotype uh, that is a perception of advisors just being money hungry. It's all about the money. And, um, and it's because we deal with money, we understand money. And so there there's a, there's a, just, and just in, just in general, within the, the, the population, the, finance is difficult to understand, and we tend to avoid it as humans. That's just human nature. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a challenge. I hope that we can overcome that, but that's just natural human nature. And so when you look at someone that knows something that you don't know about, you tend to go towards some of the stigmas that are applied to them because you just don't, there's not an understanding. And in and, and reality, and as you experienced, uh, is that. You know, the biggest benefit of an advisor is not necessarily our knowledge on finances and planning. It's the behavioral side, helping people from doing silly things, right? And helping people from making those mistakes that tend to their financial goals that tend to lead to them blaming others as opposed to just looking internally. It's just behavioral economics and behavioral psychology. And that's kind of what leads into what I believe is why it's so important to have a personal brand. Because this is a service-based business, it's a people-based business. And in order for an advisor to be really effective and really good, there has to be some trust. And in reality, if you think about it, people don't trust brands, they trust people. Um, Now, when brands get ultra big, maybe they start to trust the brand like Apple, et cetera, because there's not just one person there. But you know, wealth management, it's a people business. And you've got to create a brand that instills and enables you to build trust with your clients and with your prospects. And this is why I'm so passionate about advisors to not depend on their firm to build the brand for them. There are some firms that do a great job of driving business in. And maybe those firms, individuals in those firms don't have to create their own personal brand, but they have to be really focused on that. But firms that are, you know, that need growth and advisors that want growth, build your personal brand. Don't rely on your firm to, because people aren't going to relate to XYZ wealth management firm. They're going to relate to Matt Reiner. Uh, And who is Matt Reiner? And I think that we have to be vulnerable uh in our way to to help build that brand of trust and it's not just about the numbers it's not just about the facts it's not just about your your knowledge that you have it's about being you and if they can relate to you then um you know th- there's a higher likelihood that they're going to hold on with you through tough times and a higher likelihood that they're going to refer people and think about you in, in all their times with their their outside influences and their other parties help you grow your business as well. So personal brand is what it's all about because this is a business of person-to-person interactions and you have to have that brand and that trust with your clients and your prospects.
1: Yeah, So my notes say basically exactly that. So that's awesome that you went there. I mean, I always say this is what I think till the end of time, I'm going to use this analogy. But um, in a service-based business, your personal brand is even more important than in a product-based business. You're not selling overnight eye cream. You know, if somebody buys this overnight eye cream, $20, $20, maybe $120 depends on your taste and your budget. But so you're out some money. Like if you pick a bad financial advisor, you could potentially screw up your whole life. So, I mean, you've got to have that always, you know, in the forefront of your mind that they're, you know, I'm going to be the differentiator between me and some other firms that these people are looking at. And um, does uh, Important to say is don't try to be someone else though, because that's not going to work. That's mm-hmm. uh you're, you're gonna have a revolving door situation. You're gonna have a, you know, setting up an expectation that you're not able to deliver on. Um, so first be yourself and then let's, you know, build your brand behind that. Um Just Olivia, just to,
0: to follow on on that, I think that that's such an important part, right? Is is if you're trying to be someone else or trying to accommodate to everybody, you're you're just gonna fail, right? It's the same thing in life and in general, and and I think that too many advisors feel that they have to be this like analytical, like strong person that can withstand, but that's really the the that's what's hurting, I think, more advisors because. You know who you are and you will attract certain people by being who you are. That means that you may not attract everybody, but that's okay. And I think that us as advisors, because we're always trying to grow, we try to just be these other people and it it fails over time because you can only act for so long because your, your true self is going to come. So just be your true self. And you're going to attract clients that are going to love you for you, which is going to lower your stress and burden of having to try to be someone different. You can just be you. And you know what? You're going to have a great niche and you're going to be successful. uh, And those people, you're going to have some raving fans. And that's what it's all about is create that group of raving fans.
1: Yeah. And so also what's amazing about that is that you actually start to have fun with what you're doing. I mean, marketing I think is so overwhelming for people and, how am I going to share like my advisory firm with people and whatever? And I'm like, we're not, not yes, your firm. I'm worried about you though. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk you for a hot minute. And the great thing about when you see that work is like you get, it's almost like a snowball effect. Like if, when you start paying down debt or you're investing and you see your investments go up over time, like there's a compounding effect on your psyche that you like grow more confident in what you're doing. And that resonates with people. They can see that. Uh, feel those vibes from you. And that makes them feel safe and confident because you are confident in what you're saying and doing in your personal brand. Um, so yes, definitely. I mean, that is for, for sure something that we should focus on. What kind of advice would you give to multi-advisor firms? When I was at NAPA in October, this conference, I sat in one of the marketing sessions, and um, that was one of the questions that came up. And I thought that was a really good question because it comes naturally to me. I'm helping in multi-advisor firms every day. But for advisors who are doing it themselves and see, okay, I see the the value in um, personalizing my brand, but what do I do when there's multiple advisors? How do we accomplish getting everybody to be a part of that brand?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, you know, we're fortunate to have many advisors in our firm and, you know, we're, we're also fortunate that we've been able to create some marketing channels that, that, that help to, um, you know, fill the pipelines for those individuals. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you think about a multi-advisory firm, and and I think about our firm as well, it's like we can't get everybody to do everything that we're doing, right? Like you know, whether it's like doing zoominars for clients, some some advisors like to do it for their clients, some advisors don't, some feel comfortable, some don't, some feel comfortable sending out different newsletters, some don't. And so I think when it comes to branding and personal branding, is is lead is lead by example. Go and do. Uh, you have to do it in a compliant manner. So be sure that you're doing it in a compliant manner. But you know, if you want to go build a brand on LinkedIn because that's where your prospect pool lives, then go do that and do it in a compliant manner. And and start just being consistent. And your the other advisors will get there. I don't think it's like a bad thing if one advisor is building their personal brand within an organization and the others aren't. Um, because remember, everybody has to do it in their own way. And so you can commit and say that as a firm, we're all going to go and build our brand and create a brand within our community. But we have to also remember that each advisor inside of an organization has their own circles of people and their own type of person they are. And so um, I I think that if you are an advisor inside of a multi-advisory firm and you have a desire to grow your business, then I think it starts with building your brand. You can go read all these like quick hits of how to grow a book of business and all that type of stuff. And you can try to find how to grow your business by 100% in, in six months by doing X, Y, and Z. And you know, that's fun, it's exciting, but it's not gonna work. I'm just going to tell you because what works is consistency and being yourself. And if you want to grow your book of business over time, there's nothing you can do about the past. You can't go back and change all the time that you wish you would have done in the past. All you can do is now take what you have and knowledge you have now and take action for the future. And so, what I would say to that multi-advisory firm or the advisor in that firm is Go just start building your brand on the social networks and within your community. And do that by having coffees, having lunches, and socially start writing content. It can be 250 word posts or 100 word posts. It could be taking articles and starting to read. It could be creating a, a an email, just a, a mass email chain to your 10 or 15 best clients of maybe five articles that have been useful to you over the week or the month or whatever it is. Just start something, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and I'll tell you that you know there's there's a lot of learnings that I had in the experience that I, I've done a lot of stuff, spent a lot of time. And a lot of it hasn't worked, but there's been a few tidbits that have that we've been able to build on. And and I also, when I started this, I tried to be someone that I wasn't because I was fearful that I wouldn't be accepted in the industry for the person that I am. And uh, because I, I think differently, right? Like I'm, I'm you know, I'm more about like the, the EQ stuff, the soft stuff, not necessarily like the hard. And I had the analytical side, uh, but I didn't know how I was going to be perceived. And you know what? I then started to be more myself and it just skyrocketed. You build this community because I, I I just was who I am. And some people are going to like it. Some people aren't. And I can appreciate those people. But you know what? I can't please everybody. And so I would tell the, the, multi, the advisor in the multi-advisory firm, just start. Just be yourself. If nobody else in your firm wants to do it, that's okay. But just go lead by example. And I bet you people will follow, but you'll be years ahead. And it takes consistency and time to build a brand that creates a pipeline to grow your business.
1: Absolutely. So I think that you you touched on a lot of great things there, but two in particular that um, I want to just recap because I think it's super important is just pick get, pick something and start there, double down on whatever it's going to be. Okay. It's like, uh, you know, this is get advisor fit. So we're going to always, we're going to always say how this is related to fitness. I also do online fitness coaching. So I help people with their diet and nutrition plans. And then when they first start, I say, this is a lot. Okay learning to do a water intake, learning to uh, meal prep, learning to bring your food with you, learning to do all of these things. You're not going to do it in 24 hours. Let's pick some wins for this week or the next two weeks, like non-negotiable wins. Say, I'm going to drink my gallon of water every single day for the next two weeks. And then when I can consistently do that, I'm going to add on something else. Like I'm going to make sure I hit all my steps for the day. Right? So, How do we, the same thing with marketing yourself, pick something and say, commit to it, make a promise to yourself. I am going to post three times this week on LinkedIn. Um, I'm gonna make sure that I engage with at least 10 other people's posts this week. And this is a non-negotiable that I'm making for myself. And I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it every single time. We know that it works. Some people like need to see hard data. So do this for a few weeks, a few months, go into your LinkedIn analytics and look at yourself because you can, and you see, hey, this these are my posts that did really well. These are the things that people like engaged with the most when I spoke about them. And then you can even double down on those things further to you know exponentially keep growing and growing and growing. So yes, pick something, that you like to do that you're comfortable with. If you don't like podcasting, don't be on somebody's podcast. If you don't like, you know, we got to pick something though. So learn to like something. I think that a lot of businesses, strong businesses, have more than one central personality. So that's good news for multi advisor firms because you can each kind of build your own pathway, but they are all you uh, ultimately your audience will identify you as part of that team in a way. Your team, I mean, for thinking of one of the um, advisor, one of my very, very first advisor clients who's been with me since almost the very beginning. And they're a team of uh, women in New Hampshire. And they are all very, most of them are very strong personalities, outgoing, you know, I'm very comfortable in social media and speaking and things like that. Um, but even though they're all pretty, you know, outspoken and vocal and things like that, we recognize them as part of the brand of the firm because they're all very um, at the forefront of the marketing that we're doing. And some of the ways that we accomplish, including everyone, is like we'll have um, different campaigns throughout the year where each one has an input. Like I know we did a series, um, like it's kind of cheesy, but people love this crap, um, like you know, what you're thankful for at Thanksgiving time. And then everybody gets their input and we share their pictures and all this stuff. Or like women unlike like recipes, you could share Christmas recipe. Like there's all of these different things you can do to, or and though when they do webinars, but they'll take turns. Like it's not the same person doing the webinar every time. So um, we've got, we get input from all of them in to build the whole, advisory brand. And part of their brand is that they're this team, right? So, I mean, that's something to think about too. Um, that has worked really well.
0: Yeah. I I, th- I think on that side of it, right. Is um, it's better if you get everybody in the firm around it. Right. But there's, there's, you know, the, the firm should market the firm and it's really to create, you have to market your firm. So the firm is marketing um, the brand and, and the brand can sometimes bring people in, but the reason people buy is because of you. Now, but if you rely on the brand to bring people in, it is your only growth of business. I think you're going to have a challenge, right? As you become a more established brand, you grow, then the brand equity grows as well. But ultimately, when you're especially when you're young in terms of firm, not necessarily your age, um, or you're 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 not fully established, or you're not like a billion or three billion or whatever it may be of a firm that has like thousands of families. Well, your firm brand equity is going to be low. And so just running like Google ads or LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads on your brand, nobody knows who you are, nobody cares, nobody trusts you because there's so much being thrown at them that they're like, I don't know. But if they can create a relationship and be like, oh, wow, Matt likes golf. Matt has a, a three and a half year old son. I do too. I can relate now something to Matt. I've created that bond. It's easier to create that bond on a personal side than it is on a company side and you know, if your company is marketing, that's phenomenal. And if everybody involved is in there, that's even better. but it doesn't mean that you all should be the same. You should all have a similar strategy potentially, but be your own self. And that's uh, that's the the difference, I think that needs to be determined inside of an organization.
1: Yeah, and the more that you can like, like you said, it's even within one person, or well, you're dealing with multiple people. So if you're like this team of advisors, and you are all like, "We're, or I'm helping you, whatever," and we're sharing all this information about you, you might not be somebody's favorite, but one of the prospects is like really resonates with Christina, and they're like, "I really dig Christina's vibe. Like, I want to go work with them." because of Christina. So sh- being able to, you know, share each individual person in the brand um, allows people to pick who they resonate with. So it might not be you and that's fine because all, you know, hopefully you care about also the the firm. <laughs>
0: right. Your so, lines to um, the mission of the firm, right?
1: Yeah, so the more that you can share the different personalities then, you know, the the more touch points you have and chances for people, you know, resonate and relate to things. Um so I do have a very specific question. It doesn't really have to do with branding, but I know you're an author and you have written some books. Um, I do have, I, I've had a quite a few advisors reach out at the end of last year asking about, you know, what are the benefits of writing a book? Should I write a book? Should I sell it on Amazon? Um, and I just really, I would like to know what your input is as far as financial advisors and putting out literature. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I um writing books is 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 kind of a passion. I I love to write. I think that um content creation is something that drives me as I think you all may notice with with where I'm where I put all my content. But writing a book was something um, that I thought was important for a brand, and and I think that what books do is they create credibility. Uh, if you and so you have to write, you have to go into the idea of writing a book with the right mentality and the right expectations. If you're writing it thinking that it's going to drive you. Um, Income and it's going to change your life. You're going into it for the wrong reason, right? If you're going into it for, um, you know, brand building and credibility, okay, but you have to know that that's a loss leader. So you're going to take a loss on the process because it's expensive from both a time and a money standpoint, depending on how you go about it. And um, and I think that you also have to be cognizant and understanding of what other books are out there. If it's just yet another. Uh, book about your skills and everything of that nature, and there's no kind of uniqueness to it. You're going to have a tough time because finance is a tough kind of arena to be writing books because there's so much out there about how to make a million dollars in selling real estate or how to make a million dollars in X, Y, Z, and and there's just so much noise that it's hard to stand out. And uh, and so if you want to do it as a prospecting pool, then you got to be unique. But what I would say is that if you have a a, um, a philosophy that you've been doing for a while and a unique perspective on it, then writing a book gives you credibility. And use that book for your clients. Use that book for your clients to give to their kids. Use that book for your clients to give to friends and see it as that way. And yes, post it on Amazon. Promote it. But what it does is it creates credibility, and it's an investment on the marketing side, just like you know, doing digital advertising or blog posting is all an investment on the marketing side. It's a marketing investment. I don't know if it's going to create a ton of prospects right out the gate. It's definitely not going to, not definitely. It likely is not going to create a lot of income for you unless you, you know, hit it, hit it right. But I would challenge you to not just write a book just to write a book, but be thoughtful in, in the uniqueness of a perspective, right? You know, my most recent book, my first book was all around, um, Helping to budget. And the uniqueness there was that I i created a strategy for budgeting and saving that worked with me and my wife called the daily spend limit, which is basically just Weight Watchers for saving. And, and it worked oh, really hey, well. Look at you. It worked really <laughs> well, right? It, it was. It was phenomenal. And so I wanted to share that with others. I thought it was unique. Did it catch on and like catch fire and get everything? No, but I thought it was really unique. And I thought I wanted to, I wanted to capture that and and, and codify it in a book. And in my new book that's out is a series called Dr. Cole Cash. We'll see you now. And and again, I had a lot of thoughts on the challenges that advisors face and how they can overcome them. I talk with advisors a lot. We serve advisors. I am an advisor. I've sat in the seat. I have faced the same challenges. I still face the same challenges. I need to just create a community of people that we could all kind of work together to solve our own problems, which is, we're never going to solve all our problems. But, um, you know, so I wrote, Dr. Cole Cash, we'll see you now. And it's a, it's a, it's a business fable. So if you've ever read any of Patrick Lencioni's book, like Five Dysfunctions of a Team, it's it a business fable. So it's a fun, short read. It's like 90 pages at the most or 100 pages at the most. Um, and it's all about Dr. Cole Cash. who's a psychologist, a made-up character out of you know South Carolina, a good old country boy like myself. You know, Even though I didn't grow up in the country, I grew up in the city. But uh, I always wanted to be a country boy. And he's this good old boy that's a psychologist for financial advisors. And financial advisors go in and talk with him uh, about their problems. And he helps guide them through with the knowledge that I've gained. And it's it's a fun book. It's easy to read, but there is underlying value in it. And I think that is has it caught on like wildfire? No, but it was a it made bestseller and all that type of stuff, which was phenomenal. But what it did is gives credibility that I can help advisors think through some of their challenges. And it's a very unique perspective because it puts the advisor on the other side because they tend to act like a psychologist. And this time they were the patient. And um You know, I think that if you write a book, I believe in books. I believe in the credibility they provide. Uh, But I think that too many people get into it for the wrong reasons and they get uh, their expectations are are misaligned and it creates frustration. And if you can align your expectations, it can be a great tool. Um, If not, then it's going to be a a big frustration and a a distraction for you.
1: Yeah, I think that there's got to be enough like passion behind writing a book because it's sort of like a gigantic undertaking that is like you said it's not going to generate income 9.99 times out of 10 um to cover your even maybe your the cost of making the book um but so then I guess you're looking at, you know, soft value, which is, will this help me, you know, with prospecting, give me credibility to the people that I'm speaking to? The answer is probably, um, but you've also got to work that book into your prospecting strategy. You don't just like make it and throw it on Amazon and expect that it's going to do something magical. Um but yeah, so I think that, okay, so there's two ways to look at it, right? If you're writing it yourself, it's got to be something that you desperately want to do. Like, there's, I cannot live if I don't get this out of my system kind of thing, because there is no way to justify the time involved, I think, if you're writing it yourself, unless it's just something that you absolutely have to get out of your system and do now there's another way to do it, which is to pay somebody to do it, which is obviously why people come to me, talk about paying me to write them a book and seeing how much it's gonna cost and things like that. It is not a cheap investment because it is so ridiculously intense process that uh it's not like writing an article that we just you know put together in an hour or two and shoot out kind of thing. Um, it's you know, there's a lot of labor involved. So I think if you have the budget. Um, to pay for it and you you are committed to putting that book into your prospecting strategy somehow, that it could be worth it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, because like you said, it gives you credibility.
0: I, I agree 100% with that. I, I think that, um, you know, I I, I'm a big believer in, you know, James clears and atomic habits and how to build habits. And, you know, if you want to write a book, I, I would say this sleep on it for a little bit. Right. And then what I, what, uh, James clear always says in atomic habits is, you know, if you want to create a habit then do something, the smallest amount that you can do that only takes you two minutes, less than two minutes. And if you can do that for a consistent period of time, then build on that. And so if that is the case, then what I would suggest is take two minutes and just write like a, two or three sentences of what you want the book about and do that every day. And and maybe it's like a post that you can put on LinkedIn or a post you can put on your blog and just do that for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and see if you continue to have the passion for it, three, four, five, six, one week, two weeks, three weeks out in the future. And if you do, and phenomenal. You have something there. And it's not just like this fleeting, like shiny ball effect. But what also you're doing is that you're creating these ideas that allow you to go dig deeper. And, you know, I've worked with someone I've written on my own. I've done all of it. And, uh, you know, if I were, if you, and I think working with someone is phenomenal because it allows for you to get your thoughts out and allow someone to focus on the writing aspect. If you're not a good writer or you don't know how to make it fun or something like that, they can bring a ton of value there. Um, and the one thing that I was challenged with early on was I, I thought I had a lot of, of, of Material, but I didn't. And so the more material you can take and the more you know formulated you can create yet your, your vision for this book, the easier the process will be with a copywriter to write that book. And the more and, and and I think the the more uh likely you will to be proud of the outcome and the output of that. Um, and and so I would say start small, create that habit, see if you still have the desire, the burning desire. And if you do. Go for it, go for it, because it definitely does create credibility, and you get speaking engagements, you get all this type of stuff, and it's fun. Um, but it it takes time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought about it myself too, but I, so that's I that's honestly where my opinion on the whole thing comes from. Um, and so, yes, I think that at some point, if I have a burning desire to do it, that's probably what will happen. But right now, I don't, and I just I refuse to put another. 250 pages marketing guide together for financial advisors because we don't fucking need anymore. What we need is <laughs> conversations. Okay. Because let's be real, unless you're just starting your advisory firm and you're DIYing everything, you're not reading it. So, yeah. Um, that's way too much energy for me to just know, just know. So I podcast instead. This is where I like to put my information. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, I mean, I think that this is a lot of great information for advisors. I think some of the main themes are are things that I've been seeing a lot um, in the space, you know, um, just speaking, I, I'm so glad that the space is embracing um, this non-suitsy, non, you know, be yourself kind of attitude. And it's so cheesy, right? Like, are these people for real? This is what they're telling me to do, be myself. This is the advice. But it's because it works. I mean, we wouldn't be talking about it ad nauseum if it didn't work. Um, And I mean, that's, you know, the way that you and I got connected is because we were just being ourselves in the space, putting ourselves out there. And that's when the greatest things are going to come. So I think that, you know, high level, that's where your mind should be at. And then.
0: Yeah, I think I think you know, that that's such a you know a, a, a powerful statement, right? Is, is and you mentioned something there. Put yourself out, and I think, you know, I, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but vulnerability is such a is such a necessity for you to build a positive brand that's successful, um, and it's hard, right? Because you know nobody, you know, this is a human nature is we don't like to be judged. We want to be accepted. Um, we want to fit in. Um, and we don't know, there's so much unknowns. Like if i myself, like, will everybody accept it? Will they not? Like, I don't know. And I don't want to put myself out there and then have it be, you know, pushed back. I don't want to have negative feelings or failure towards me. Like, I don't want that. And it's tough, I get it. But we have to also remember what we're asking our clients to do every single day. They come into me with us. Every time a prospect comes into me with us, I always use this example. It's like they're coming into our office bare naked. Like they're walking in and be like, this is me. And like, you're fully clothed and they're bare naked. Like got to think about how how like tough that is for them because you're asking them to expose everything about themselves. Like their past, their, their fears, their net worth. Like think about the judgment that they feel they're going to have. Even though you say, well, I don't judge. Like you can say all you want, but it's just human nature that it's, it's, it's a scary thing to go in and tell someone else, even if you're younger or older, whatever it may be, all about your whole life and expose everything and then sit there and listen to them tell you, hey, you're doing it right, you're doing it wrong, this is what we need to do. Like, It's a very scary thing. And we ask all of our clients and our prospects to do that with us every single day. Yet, talk about hypocrite. We don't ever want to do it with ourselves, expose ourselves outside. And I'm not saying a hypocrite in a bad way, but it's just that if you want to think about why should you do it or how can you overcome it, just think about all of your clients and prospects that have come in and exposed themselves to you without ever knowing you and how that worked out. And it worked out well because you're a good person. And so there are good people on the other side that if you're vulnerable, they're going to see it. They're going to be attracted to it. And it's just going to help your business grow. But you've got to be vulnerable in order for that to happen.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, even here's a. I mean, I think this is an interesting example, but I, when I was looking for the, my financial advisor currently that I work with, I felt so comfortable with him through social media, which is how, you know, I learned about him and I followed him and consumed his content and he, you know, seeing his stuff online was something that I look forward to every day. But then when I, we engaged in services and it was time to upload all my documents, I was like, I was a little nervous, like shit. Like he knows who I am in the public space because he's a financial advisor and I work with financial advisors and he sees my stuff and all, you know, he knows all this stuff, but he doesn't know all my stuff and he's about to know all my stuff. It is a very vulnerable position Um, that, you know, you're asking your your. Client put themselves in, obviously, you know, they're coming to you, they're seeking help and they know that that's part of the process. But also, yes, not hypocrite in a bad way, but, you know, if you have that moment where you're like, should I publish this photo? Should I send this email? Take a moment. And that's, I think that at that tipping point, think about the vulnerability that they then post the photo, send the email, okay? This is what those people need in order to connect with you. And when you set out to be a financial advisor, you wanted to help people. This is how you get that. So- it's it's the idea
0: of the, I call it the gift of going second. I learned it from a really good friend of mine. The gift of going second, it's how you can get people to open up in conversations and all of that, but it also works on this side of it. You know, the gift of going second, is the idea of be, be vulnerable yourself first, right? Don't just get in and just start asking questions. Expose something, vulnerability of yourself to help the conversation, you know, ease and it opens up the other individual. It's the same thing with marketing. If you show you're vulnerable and you're willing to share information, you know, you know, you're, you're telling them about yourself, the wins, the losses, all of that. Well, when they come talk to you, it's like, okay, like, Hey, I feel now comfortable. I've lowered the bar of worry of anxiety because they are already being vulnerable. I haven't done anything. And I know that I'm going to be, I'm a comfortable spot. And so it's the gift of going second. And if you do that, you're going to have, I think, deeper, more meaningful relationships with your clients. Heck, it may even may have more meaningful relationships with your friends and significant others. I don't know. Uh, I'm not on that side of the business, but, um, you know, I think that it, it will definitely create deeper, more meaningful relationships with your clients. And I think it'll make the first meeting easier uh, and the close even easier from that standpoint
1: yeah absolutely clothes now we're talking about being naked so i'm thinking you're saying clothes like clothes i'm like <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> clothes. not going clothes down that heels. avenue <laughs> not going down that avenue yeah
1: yeah, yeah. okay back <laughs> to reality um on that note i think that is a really fantastic place to end i don't think that we can top that that is great um i cannot wait to share this with our networks i think that us be like us being vulnerable here, it's leading by example um, and, you know, sharing the challenges that we have in all of these things are just going to lead uh, to more success for all of us. Um, so thank you. I really I really love that. So um, thank you for joining me. You guys know where to find me on um, LinkedIn, Olivia Looper, um, also on Instagram, Lexicon Content Development. What, Matt, why don't you tell us where to find you?
0: Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, Matt Reiner, uh, on Twitter at Matt Reiner. And also you can check out and subscribe to our email to get uh, content on a regular basis um, at mattreiner.com. We'd love to have you join the community and uh, let's make some change together.
1: Let's do it. Let's get everybody a financial advice. Let's do love it. it. I'm with you. I'm in your army, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's go. The Matt
1: Reiner army. All right. Thanks guys. Talk to you later.
0: Thanks for listening to get advisor fit with Olivia Looper to learn more about Olivia and how her firm Lexicon content development can help you visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon content development. So next time.